I'm Julian Wilcox and welcome to Indigenous 100, the podcast series where we interview 100 of the most inspiring Indigenous thought leaders from around the world. But before we get into today's guest, a big mihi to Tamangai Paho for their funding of the series Indigenous 100. So to the team at TMP, thank you very much for your support of this podcast and all the Indigenous content you support as well. But for today's episode, our guest is a navigator, a wayfinder, an educator, an environmentalist, and a mover of people. Espousing waka diplomacy to reinvigorate, reinforce, and reconnect te iwi Māori with iwi across te moana nui Akiwa, not just in Polynesia, but also an educator to help rangatahi find their way to deal with complex issues that we have today, well-being, health, finance, and climate change. A young boy who used to jump all over Wakatawa across and at the banks of the Ngarua Wahia, the majestic Waikato River, Hoturoa Bakaiku is now one of our preeminent thought leaders and Māori navigators. Hoturoa Bakaiku is our guest on Indigenous 100 No Maida. <laughs> ハロトロテナコ。エナコエ。あ、コカケマイクイドンエイオテネオタカイカランギヘネコタロタケタゲントジュナス 100 Ah, uh, hey, why muddy a pair no good? a bit, he called it. Where no, I, uh, it had it to me not to now go macho at in the ingwa eat up a mic yaha, ingari. Ah, tete he white imuitaku fano tongue or mic it out. Imuite white mohio tugu fire, ite hapu ye ite fagafiti. Uh, taku whaerawa ko taku papa i te awa ki ngā ruahia ka, ka tūtaki rau i te tetehi kraua i te peritira ka tautana ringa ki te kōpū o taku whaakata e ka ki ko hotu roa tēnei a tupu mai an nā, nā muri a ki tērā uh, nā ka mohi o taku Fai te hapuia, taku whanau tanga mai, ko ra te ingoi, tukuna mai. Moeno koe ko ai te kaumātua? O te te heo ngā kaumātua o ngā ruakea. Ai, te hoa mō. Ai. Nā tērā, ko pēne. <laughs> Kaore tahuni tanga ketanga, ne? Ai, o. Nā tāna, a wanga wanga i te wai fakarite taku tifikete fano a i tuhi i kotagu ingo tuatai ko tūranga ko tūrotagu ingo tūrua ingari i pērai i runga no inga a wanga wango taku papa kei tupu kore takene yaukari au i kahakite 
uh, kia fake tohu e rā ua tangatoa nga te mea i tau uh, ko rā hoki te tihi uh, mea e kāre tino ki te ana ko te Māori e me te tihi tohu mai te whare wānana. Mm. Uh, I whiwhi i tana tohu i, I te whare wānana o tāmaki makaurau nei, i aua i mua i taku whānau mai. Mm. Uh, no. And he tawa tino kare tino kiki ah, te, te Māori ah, te whare wānana. Koe anō, ko ia tērā ko taku whae he kai ako kura, nō reira ko tō rātou ao, ko te ao whakāko, te ao uh, tōutou, he rā huatangatau nā kore tō rāua. A ah, hihia kia au, kia au mātou, ki tēnei huarai, ki te mātauranga nā ko pērā, Au ko pērā e te huaku tamariki, he whai i tērā huarei. Kua kāreau i ki atu ki a rātou, me noho hei kaiako, me noho hei, hei kai arahi, hei kai whakako e rā mea katoa, ko te mea, ko kite nei rātou hui, nā nei aku tamariki, he momo āhuatanga tērā pe o tō mātou whanau. Mm. He whai mātou ranga, pākea Māori gaha rānei. Engari, tuatahi hei whai tērā tūrua hei toha tōhātū. Oh. He pērā hoki ngā tōpariki o mātou, ne? Arai, tume kukua ana, hei ngari ko te whānau, whānau i tōna hanga pērā, ne? Uh, o, ko, ko au i whai i tērā mumo huarai nā ko aku tamariki. Mm-hmm. Uh, kua noho pērā hoki. Yeah. Ka mutu, i roto i e rā rāra me tō he tika tunuta, he hoki nei ko mahara, Ko kite e kāri i pēraru o te tini o ngā Māori, ka hāri ki te wharewānanga, ā, ka puta i ngā wharewānanga ko whaitū. I mōhio rai nei koe he halawa tāu e hia hia i haimahi māu nō i te wharewānanga, he hāre nōhio nei runga i te huarai ina te mehera wai kia koe, he halai nei. I te tūtai, i whakaro ki a tāi ake, ake a whaiau i te huarai tāguta, whakora tangata, kora te te, ngari... He ai! Ai, tērā pia, i te wā tūpua ki au i roto rua toki, ko tā mātou, tō mātou tākuta, ko tēti krau, ko Dr. Maka tēnei i roto o whakatāne. I aku hairinga ki reire, ki tēnei te pai o tēnei krau, i ae e tēki nei a mātou. I taua wā tonu, i a hau e pagupaku ana i whara, tērā pia ko tēnei mahi tākuta e mahi. He mahi pai tēne, engari te wākatai ake au ki te kiaku mahi i te whare wānanga. I tōna au ki te kura tākuta i kona i tāmaki kāre au i uru, haere noa au ki te whare wānanga muri i tēna. Kāre au i tino mōhio me... Me ahake. Me pē, me aha, engari. Ka mahi au, ka whai au i ngā mahi o reira ako. Haere, ka haere ki te mahi hoki ki te wharewana, haere ki te mahi hoki ki te wharewana, nga ka puta au me taku tohu i konei. A muri aki tērā, i whai au i tētehi o aku tino whakaro ko te haere ki te mahi i ngā mahi o ki te ako i ngā mahi whakatere waka. Tau hoa, he tauri tangata ki te rakorau, he te mei kororo no i tērā. Ki hau i mōhio i te puakea koe hiro ki rua atoki? O aku tau, e rima pe aku tau ki reira, e no te mea ko taku matua te tumuaki o te kora. 
koira hoki te wā i tīmata ake ngā mahi, ko he moni hei whakatū i te whare kai ko kimi oro te ingoa i nāne. Nā ko taku pāpā te tia mano o tērā komiti ko he moni. Nā ko tete iwa rātou mahi ko he moni, ko te whakaoho anō i te rīketa o ngā rua wāia. Ka titiro te tangata ki ngā whakāhua o ngā wā o mua, ko te hoi waka te diho ngā tino kaupapa i te rīketa. Nō reira ka whakarite kia tū te rīketa ki tūranga wāwai. Nā tērā, i whakapaingia ngā waka o tūranga wāwai ka tai ka tōia ki te wai, Ka hoia hei mātakitaki mō te hunga e hāremai ana ki te rīketa, a hei mahi nui hei kohimoni, hei hāpa i te kaupapa mō Kimiora. I rotu i era tau, ka whakaruake a Teatairangi Kāhu, kia hangaia, kia tāraia te tihi waka anō, waka taua mō te iwi, me ona... Kaupapa e rua tūtai hei waka hau mō te iwi tūrua kia ako te tihi reanga hau i ngā mahi tārai waka. Tūrua hei whakaoho anō i tērā ingoa me tērā hononga o tāhere tiki-tiki ki ngā whanaunga nei o Ngāti Whātua. Nā, koera. Ka tūawha kia taia e te winika te whakatā. Nā, ka ōtia te tahere tiki-tiki te tārai, ka tahi a tahere tiki-tiki me e rātua o ngā waka, ka haere tahi me te winika, ka hoe mai tūranga wāwai ki kiri-kiriro, ka tākohangia e te ariki nui a te winika ki te whare taongo o kiri-kiriro e noho tono ane ki reira. Nā era mahi tino piki ake anō te mahi waka i runga i te awa. Nō era kau pai au ki era mahi ki te tāu aku kraua e whakahaere tono ane e nei mai. Nō hau ki ora te tā, ako e te heo ngā mahi whakatika, te here, te hoe, te whakahaere era mea katoa o anō. Kore taku mahi a hau e tuku wake ana, ka noho au ki rongi i ngā waka. Taku wā tua tahi rongi a tahere tiki tahi rongi a te winika pea te kaumāru o kutau. I hoi au ki ronga i taua waka, ka mutu i kāri hoi a nōna te mei hoktukuna ki te whare taonga. Ngari hoi au i ronga i a bērā tua ngā waka o te ariki nui, a tahere tiki tiki mā. Teira katoa e rā waka mō te whakatuwhera tanga o Kimi Ora. I reira e tihi o te kāhui āriki o Ingarangi i taumai ki taua hui. Nā, mai rānō, tainuo ki te wā i heki hoau i ngā waka taua i te taurua mano mā waru pia. Ko waru waru mai taua wā ki te rawa i ia koera tagu tino mahi, he mahi i ngā waka taua. Āhua, 
kauma ono waku tau. Koro mai tāri ki nui ki au me tana ki au ko titi honga waka taua kare he kare he rōpū hei whakahaere. Ko tāne ko tāna pātai ki au mehe mea e tāi au te whakariti i te te rōpū hoi waka te whakangungu te whakapakari te hoi i te te o ngā waka ni ki au ai ka pērā au nā i ตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงาตะกอมาโอนงา
Kia tika, kia u, kia mai i ngā mai no te me Ko nōna te reo i ki mai ki au mai a te mai Kia ake, kai, marika, ka pērau Te mai tērā noho au hei, kai hautu Mō te hea nei tau Nekia atu i te whāte kautau i tai atu i ngā tiku nā atu i tērā mai ki aku tama i nāne And by the way, did you know it was going to be that long of a commitment? 40 years more? Uh, I didn't know it was going to go that long, <laughs> least, but it was kind of a, it, it's, it's almost like institutionalised, <laughs> you know, where sucks, no matter wherever I was in the world, there was certain times that you know, I had to be back at home to make sure that this kaupapa was... Um, no, no matter where you were in the mm, world, always came. Yeah, and always got back into that kaupapa. I didn't take off again. How did you end up following, pursuing, undertaking, voyaging, navigation? Um, How did that come about? Well, I've always been interested in it. And well, I've always been interested in how our tribuna got here. And that was always a big story for me. But I, well, What was the story that you'd heard about? Well, you know, the stories that I'd heard, just... Um, Probably stories everyone's heard. It's always about kupe, ngā kōrum o kupe, ngā kōrum, te nuengo ngā kōrum, ngā kōrum o tainui. But, you know, um, so all these stories of how our tūpuna uh, came to Aotearoa on a waka, and then I guess the misconceptions that were, that I didn't know were misconceptions until I got older and actually did the mai, is that, the kind of waka that our tūpuna came on were like the waka that we see at the museum and the waka we see at Tirangawawa and all that. So, and because those were the only images that I had growing up, so those were, you know. And then, then that um, is that kind of thinking is powered even further by like uh, ngā waka e whitu i hoia. I hoia rā, you know, so, the, so all the, all the <laughs> kōrero is all about canoes that were paddled, uh, you know, all of the kōrero, all of waita and all that. Uh, and I remember just recently watching some old footage in 1970 of, or 71, something like that, of this combined um, kapahaka mahi up at Waitangi, and it has that kind of iconic poi, mm. hoia rā, yeah. ngā waka e, and all the men are kneeling and they're paddling, doing paddling actions, and the women all sitting in, like in a long line, going up and down with their poise, like and 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 the narrators talking about um, how uh, our ancestors paddled across the ocean, and that oh, and then it gets really tiring, and they have to have a rest, <laughs> and so the poi, the people doing the poi all slow down, and, and then they're like lying down, all in a kind of state of distress. And then the narrator goes, and then they saw land and they were all inspired and fired up and they started paddling hard again. And so all that kind of stuff, it's like really awesome. You know, it's really awesome and about how it talks about our um, resilience and our strength and our mana and all that kind of stuff. And this is what I grew up with until I, find, I actually saw a film of, a canoe, a sailing canoe being launched and sailed, and I went, 
This is the kind of work that our tipu in a game on. I need to go on one of these. Now, now, now what was that? Now, what was that? Well, was that a hokuleo? Yeah, that was hokuleo. And that was just a fruit because I'd been, um, I was at Tungawawa and my, my parents were having a hui with Tatarangi Kai. And she had all these, she had a film projector and all these reels of film in in my Narangi. And she goes, to me, oh, you can watch these while we have our meetings. So she just gave me all these reels of film. So I was playing with the film projector. I put them on and there was one about the making of Tairi Tikiti, which I'd already seen. <laughs> and then the next thing I put on was the launching of Hokulea. And I played this one. So I played it, I just must have played about 10 times that evening, just watching it and I was going to myself. Jeez, I think I'd need to try and get on a worker like that or at least get on that worker. And I would have been about, I don't know, 15, 16 then. Wow. Okay, so. But in the meantime, I'd been I'd been learning how to sail with um, one of my cousin's friends from Tauranga, because mm. he was um, he was a bit of a race, yeah, a racer, yeah. And um, so a couple of times, because he'd done some of the Auckland to Seaway yacht races and things like that, where I was still at high school, and they were wanting me to crew on those races oh, wow. as well. But um, my parents wouldn't let me. Okay. You need to go to school. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I missed on the missed out on those opportunities. But yeah. um so you know, that kind of interest was always in there. And part of that was around understanding sailing. Um but I was still kind of trapped in that um mindset of our Tupuna travelling here on Waka like Waka Tawakatawa. And it wasn't until I saw that launch, that film of the launching of the Hokulea that I remember thinking to myself, okay, I think I, I think what I've learned about sailing, I think that can be transferred to a waka like that because I had really no idea yeah. of how um, sailing a waka taua would work. Yeah. But seeing that, I was fairly convinced that it must have been something like this that our ancestors used. So how did you become directly involved? But what led um, you? So, like I said, my folks were into going to school. And so uh, I kind of probably had to commit to, to learn in their house. So it was kind of like, <laughs> hey, you got to go to school, mate. And um, so I go to school. Then I went to university. But um, in the meantime, you know, I was starting to get more and more information sort of coming to me from Hawaii about what they were up to and things like that. And so as soon as I finished uh, my May at university and, uh, you know, a few other things that kind of worked that um, gave me the opportunity to go, as soon as I graduated, I went straight to Hawaii oh, wow. to catch up with them. And so I'd been in touch with a few of them before and how that all kind of came about was probably in my first or second year at university, a group of Hawaiians came here and a lot of them were involved with the kind of waka kaupapa in Hawaii. And so I, I started, I made quite good connections with them and and so I've taken them out to look at our waka and all of those kinds of things and then they said, oh, it'd be pretty good if I could come up to Hawaii and um, learn about their different type of waka. So um, 
I kind of kept that, well, we, we all kept that kind of corridor going. And so as soon as I finished at university, I, I, because we'd maintained contact over those years, um, I went up to join a, a Wakaama club called Hialani and do May with the Polynesian Voyaging Society. Mm. So, yeah, so cruised up there in the early 80s and was um, busy up there. And, and, and did you get on, was Hokulea the first Waka you got on? Yeah, and and, and um, because at that time, the, this was, I don't know, 83, something like that, yeah. 83, 84, they were getting the Waka ready to sail to Aotearoa. Yeah. And so I'd gone up there and met a few of those guys and then worked with them on the Waka getting it ready for the trip down in, in 1985. Do you remember the first time... They went out and you were on the walker? Yeah, yeah, I do actually because it was, because um, we were, it was in Honolulu and we were sort of doing mahi and that on it and um, took it out a couple of times just to, you know, make sure stuff is, is okay. Then we sailed it down to um, a little place called Milolihi on the island of Hawaii and that was going to be the staging point for it to sail to Tahiti and then carry on down to Aotearoa. What was it like? Well, um, for me, it was a kind of, it was like, a, you know, when you sort of have this dream of trying to do it and you actually get on and do it, it's like, oh, this is pretty all right, you know, this is pretty all right, pretty all right being able to do that. But, but, you know, then you get to that point where you go, well, does the dream end here or, you know, have I, is this, is, have I, have I achieved um what i think i've what i wanted to what what's the plan and um so ideally for me it would have been to keep and do sailing, that leg do that sail, sailing all the way to old yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like which did it didn't happen but i think um it's interesting that uh sometimes things happen for other reasons you know so i didn't get on a wagga to sail down to Aotearoa, but i kind of got Busy with some with a with a whole lot of other worker co-pupers. So I, once um, I'd done my May there, then I came back to Aotearoa and we kind of got rolled into some of the America's Cup stuff that was happening. And these was sort of getting into that, trying to get ready to challenge for the America's Cup in Perth yeah. in Fremantle. So you kind of got rolled into that a little bit and so we ended up um taking a couple of waka to Perth to support the New Zealand challenge and that kind of stuff. So that kept me busy for a couple of years actually doing that Mahi. Then I came home and then we had a few other Kaupapa that um kept me busy with our Waka Tawa, which was um uh getting things ready for Waitangi. Yeah. Then we shipped a waka, our waka that we'd had in Perth. We shipped up to England to do some may up there, and we paddled down because we were at the Henley Royal Regatta. Then we paddled a waka from there back to London, and then onto I put it onto the ship to bring home, and then I came home, and then there was a whole lot of other stuff, waka stuff that was happening that was keeping me pretty full on. So, um, in the early nineties, I was. Um, 
busy with a lot of waka ama stuff, sort of waka taua stuff. Um, and then my mates back in Hawaii were building another waka, so I was sort of going up and being involved in that sort of stuff thing. Then Hector was building Te Aurere, and we were busy, you know, every now and then we'd, we'd help him out with that, and so uh, it was just pretty full on. And so really, after being on Hokulea, for, for really only a little bit, yeah. um, then the next one was sailing Te Aurere back from Rarotonga back to oh, yeah. Aotearoa, and then doing a bit of other stuff with Hector, then back up to Hawaii to help with um, my mate, my really good friend Clay Bertelman, and their waka makali, you know, taking kids from Aotearoa to come up to Hawaii, and we we're doing sailing gigs up there with all the kids and those kind of things. And um, they're all school kids now. There, they're all grown up, and they've all got children, and you know, all their children are involved in waka and that kind of thing. But yeah, so the nineties was a kind of hectic time yeah. with all the different kind of waka kaupapa going around. Going on all around, but but did you have clear the goal at that time, which was to helm and navigate your own waka? Yep. Well, well, I'd always wanted to. You know, I'd always thought that'd be pretty good to do something like that. But the way things were unfolding, mm. it looked like um, that's on the long, yeah, kind of long, long picture. Thing. Yeah, it's on a long picture. So, and that was fine because you know in the early nineties, waka was just done to take yeah. off here, and so. Um, you know, we invested quite a lot of time, effort, and energy in trying to build that kaupapa up here yeah. in Aotearoa. And our wakatoa stuff was still going on. So that stuff was keeping me fairly busy. So for in terms of sailing offshore and things like that, I have to time my kind of uh, mahi and kaupapa sort of at a certain part of the year where I'm not doing all the others. I'll yeah. go up to Hawaii and spend my, you know, a month or two up there with my mates in Makalini yeah. and do stuff. And so we, we, we sort of went through like that. I'd try and time my trips back up there would be to catch up with um, Mopi Ailug and, and and some of the other guys who were who had learnt a lot of their kaupapa yeah. from Mo. It's the guys that I'd met earlier. And then, of course, everyone uh, knows and, he, and has heard a lot about um, Papa Moas and Paul Mopi's. Um, when you met, was it obvious to either him or you or both of you that there's something going on here and the pathway is going to be set and, and it's all go? Um, well, see, I first met him, geez, I don't know, 83 or something like that. Oh, right. You know, so I just when I he was met at, him then. you were at Hawaii. When I first went up to Hawaii to try and do this kaupapa, because I sat down with him, had a good talk with him, and I said to him, what do you think? You know, I said to him, what do you think? Maybe I learned how to navigate. And he goes, you're too old. You know, I was like 22 or 23 or something. He goes, you're too old. Too late. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and, and I think that's based upon his whole um, upbringing and his whole matauranga path uh-huh. that you know, he learned at the feet of his grandfather. So when he was four or five years old, he went and stayed with his grandfather and learned all this stuff. So I think for him to become a real navigator, which is why I never sort of promote myself as a navigator like that, is because he grew up learning this stuff with his grandfather. And so there's a lot of 
stuff that he does almost um, by remote, you know, the stuff that he did, which is just what he grew up with, yeah. that that in this inherent and innate understanding of the yeah. environment, of the of nature and all of those things, I think that he believed was too hard for someone or people who haven't gone through that process to understand. And in many ways, I kind of agreed with him, you know, so really for a lot of us, we'd be experiencing time with them, mainly to understand process. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of other underlying corridor that only comes from knowing the that world. And sometimes it's a world that you can't know by just turning up for a month or two a year. You know? Yeah, that's a bit hard on your own upbringing, though. I mean, you know, name, number one. <laughs> Waka experience, number two. Real, number three. I mean, there's lots of things that happened that he wouldn't have known about. And ultimately, you proved him wrong. No, well, it wasn't about proving him wrong. It was like... Um, it was just that I understood where he was coming from. Yeah. You know, I understood what yeah. what it was all about, and it wasn't for me to say, "Oh, actually, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I have to do stuff." My job is to just sit there and say, "Yeah, okay, yeah. is this stuff that I could learn, yeah. and is this stuff that I can, yeah, um, maybe understand even just a little bit, so that I'm able to get a worker from A to B, or yeah, yeah, stuff like that." And so, um, you know, it's really an accumulation of time spent with him and people who learned from him that's helped me out you know I, I'm, I, I wouldn't like I said before I wouldn't sort of um, call myself the kind of navigator that he and some of those other guys are but I'm not you know I've managed to get us a couple of places a few places okay so it's <laughs> You know, it's see, good. See, that, that's surprising that you say that, honestly, because um, as you say, you've managed to get to a couple of places <laughs> and you've done a lot of things. I mean, it seems to me that your whole life is navigation. And, and I know you, you have strict terms around how you use that reference, um, but, but everything you do is navigational leadership, and that is one aspect of it, in essence, it's a big part of it. But... Um, it seems to a lot of us that um, that 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 is what you've done, and you know there's a there's a huge skill in being able to take people places and get them there safely, and understand how to do it, and why it's done, and when the best part of time is to do it, and all that kind of thing. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you know one of the things that I've you taking that point of yours. One of the things that I've always liked about this mahi is that um, often um, when we talk about well, if we take a step back if we look at it from the point of view of our tūpuna mm. um, there's that navigation from Hawaii to Aotearoa so it's just kind of like navigation mm. and that they navigated a waka but I think for us today um, you know we can we can sail to all these islands and we know where they are you know so the, so the thing about that is is that a lot of the time when our tūpuna were navigating before, they didn't know where these places were, so often they were journeys of um, faith based on all the information they could get from around them. So, yeah, actually, we're pretty certain there's some land over there, 
we're going to have to test that. So I think today, you know, when we go on our voyages in it, it's, it's great because we emulate those may mm. uh, of our tupuna. But I think often the big voyage now for people, and especially our people, and this kind of references back to some of the stuff that I talked about earlier, is that we have these new journeys to other islands or like to other so islands of well-being, um, uh, prosperity, independence, you know. So, so if we if we thought about it in that sense, we still kind of, as people try to navigate our wakas to these new islands, that we often don't know where they are, but we need to get there. Mm. So if we're talking about health and well-being or prosperity or all these kind of things. Um, you need to be able to navigate a waka or to navigate a kaupapa to one of those outcomes that brings some kind of positivity to your group. You know, you're looking for a positive outcome because that's what our people came here for was positive outcomes, which was, you know, new place to live, new resources, all of those kind of stuff. And um, I think one of the challenges between um, then and now is that uh, back then everyone said, oh, yeah, you're the expert, you get us there. Today on Awaka, we've got a lot of people who understand who the expert might be, but they all want to be the expert team. And so it makes those kinds of journeys a lot more difficult. But that, that's why your role is so pivotal, because you still need, this is, you might not like the term, you still need the leader. You, you need someone who, you know, said wake up at certain times to make sure you're still on the right pathway kind of thing. How, is that a heavy burden? Is it some, um, it's, I mean, I would assume it's, it's comfortably because as you said, rugby, sport, <laughs> right from, you know, very young, that's something that you've done. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard because really at the end of the day, you want to do the things that you think are the best provide the best outcomes for your crew. Yeah. You know, it's always for us is if we hit another island, we want everybody getting off the waka going, yeah, that was awesome, yeah. let's do that again. Yeah. You know, you don't want everyone, sort of even before you're getting there, not wanting to be on the waka anymore. Yeah. So um, if we translate in, that into some of the kaupapa that's around us, sometimes it's difficult to show people what an island of well-being looks like so that they believe in the journey. You know, and because on when you're traveling on a waka, once you've gone and you're out of sight of land, you actually can't jump off it or, and other people can't jump on. But what do you have when we're navigating sort of waka around Kaupapa taking us on journeys to all these other things? You People have the opportunity to jump off, jump on, um, try and change the direction and all that. Or someone else would say, oh, we've got a better navigator, you know, all those kind of things. And um, so those are the kind of things that make it quite difficult. Then ultimately, you know, the idea is to try and have the kind of skill that allows people to understand, oh, here's stuff. This is what we're trying to do. Mm. And if you're keen, jump on a walker with us. Mm. And if you're not keen, that's fine. You don't have to jump on a walker with us. But, but, but you're going to keep going. Yeah, we'll keep going towards it. What, what's the... 
What's the experience that you talk, or an experience that you had, that you potentially talk about, to get people on board with that voyage and on board with the waka? That's something that that happened with you, that you still you still think about. Um, that helps. I think of the phrase "Can you see the island?" which is the one that Mo talks about a bit, um, and and talk to to Nino about. What's something that 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 you found that helps you paint that picture? And is it, is it a place or a particular specific voyage? Really, um, yeah, the ultimate test for us when we take when when we take on the responsibility of a crew is that everybody gets to where you're supposed to be going um, alive and well, and that's the ultimate outcome is that's supposed to happen, and. Um, it's simple for that because, for instance, I can sit back and say, okay, we're going to do a voice to Rarotonga, and everybody knows what their goal goal is. But sometimes when I'm, I'm trying to uh, say to see some people, if we're talking about a specific hapu or whanau or iwi-based kaupapa, saying, this is what I think it looks like. That's what make that that's what it becomes hard because you've got to try and paint a picture uh. of what your ultimate outcome is. If everything goes well, this is what it'll look like. Um, but the ideal is that everybody who comes on the waka sees that, like says, yeah, that is going to be the outcome. The problem at the moment that I see is that people jump on the waka going, yeah, that's a pretty good outcome, but um, if it looks like it's going to be a bit dodgy to get there, we're kind of... We, and say, you know, it, and then it makes it hard to actually yeah. move in that direction. And so, in uh, trying to, you know, we have to, you have to be able to paint these kinds of pictures well and paint these kind of pictures good. But I think part of it too is that if people understand how hard it is to navigate a waka from point A to point B, then they understand the difficulties of having to navigate a kaupapa from point A to point B. But because they haven't had that actual experience of sitting in the middle of a huge raging storm and only one person is going to get you out of that, they haven't had that kind of um, experience. You know, they're always going to be throwing heaps of questions at you because they're not sinking yet. And when they're looking at a kaupapa that's travelling to from A to B, and, what, and what's that like when you're in that raging storm and you're the one person that everyone looks to? And, you know, some people at those stages, I've heard stories of some people saying, yeah, I want to get off this now. And what's it like when, when you're the one that everyone looks to at that point? Yeah, well, you know you've got to get everything right. You know, just got to, you know that every decision you make has to be the kind of decision that um, uh, is the best decision for everybody. That, you know, that... Um, if you do the, if you choose the wrong um, way, that uh, suddenly everybody's going to be in trouble. Does doubt creep in at all? Uh, um, concern, you think? Huge concern, because I think being out there and being on a waka, there's no space to doubt yourself. You, know, you just got to be okay. I'm on now, and so you got you, you can't afford to you, you can't even really step off the shore onto a worker to go on a trip if if somewhere down the track you think oh, I'm I'm not sure about this. 
to just sort of have to be you have to be very mindful of that um, at the at the beginning, and the crew has to be mindful of that. And so, um, and they get tested. You know, they'll get tested. There's sometimes when it's been really, really, but not as much as you though, because you know, let's be honest, we're talking life and death. Yep. Yeah, well, it's a big um, responsibility to be able to um, think with clarity around what you're supposed to be looking at, what you're supposed to be doing. Um, what we might do, you know, so like I know one time we've been in a big storm and I just said, oh, we'll just put the sails down, we'll just bob around until this and see what happens. You know, so it was like a 24 hours, we were just bobbing around and honestly cleared up. And we went on and was really happy that we did that because if we had kept trying to sail, we probably would have broken something or done something, you know, that make things a lot worse than we were. But, but how did you know? Like, how, how do you know? Um, I know, it's a, re it's a really dumb question. Sorry. Well, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of it's common sense, you know. <laughs> it's common sense. You're going, well, if we keep doing this, that's not going to work. <laughs> so we'll try, we'll, we got to do this now, you know, and then we as soon as I said to our gang that that's what we're going to do, everyone was pretty calm about it. Yeah. Because after it, I had some nervous people. Yeah. And because all it was was just pounding, the wind's howling like a freight train going past. And everything's, yeah, going up and down, waves are breaking all over the waka. The waka's just pounding through the surf, through the waves. It's easy, boom, boom, it's going over waves and stuff like that. It's very uncomfortable, very rough. Water's coming in from everywhere and... Um, and as soon as we actually put all the sails down, just bobbed around, it was good because we weren't sort of trying to force our way through anything. And I think there's always a time, you know, when I'm on the waka that, you know, I, I describe it as a time to, when I'm talking to my crew about it, I say it's a, it's a kind of a time when, uh, I say, I tell them I just talk to you at Tupuna, but it's kind of a time to just sort of sit down and think about stuff. And, uh, you know, go through all the stories that I know and all the kinds of um, information that comes out of all of the stories that I've sort of collected in my lifetime. And then it's from those stories that I'll get, okay, this is what I need to do now. Oh, it's really interesting you say that because the thought in my mind that I was going to ask you was, is it at those times that you can feel those tupunas sitting on your shoulders? Yeah. Um, and then you meet. Well, I might be sitting on these shoulders, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relying on them. I've really relied on them. Yeah. And what they've taught me over the over my lifetime. But but you do realise that um, that makes you really different to the rest of us. I don't know about that. Well, there's there's not a lot of us around the world. I mean, you know. We can name them on, on, on one hand, probably an Aotearoa who can do that kind of thing, and I'm thinking of you, you know, and Jack and, and, and Frank and those people. You, you know them. Um, they're your colleagues and associates. Um, but that's a unique skill and capability that no matter how hard, for example, I tried, I don't think I could do that. Because if I'm in a storm and it's going like this deep, well, I can tell you right now, um, 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 uh, uh, you know, deep questions would be asked to myself. <laughs> no matter how much I've been thought about, whether you know, it would creep into my mind, and that's why I say, and I don't mean to be glib about this, but that's why I say that that sets you apart, and your and you and your ilk, uh, your kahui, 
aside from a lot of us, which is why there's probably only very few of you around. Well, tell you what, when you've got a big storm going hard out, it suddenly um, gets people wanting to cut a key a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, right. Have you got to cut a key for this again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> You've got one. I, I heard a story from someone who was on a voyage with Heck and they were really worried and concerned. He said, I'm just going to go to a kanaki and they waited and waited and they thought, man, this is a long kanaki. And then they went out and he was out the back with a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if they hadn't noticed that, they were going, man, this is awesome. He's, this kanaki is working. You know, when we talk about storms, one of the other things I think about, and, and as you were saying, it's about a voyage to Albert and that kind of thing. Are you finding that there's some of the storms that are created now and trying to take people on the journeys that you take them to, to well-being, climate change, whatever it might be, is that some of those storms are man-made? I guess people who, for whatever reason, challenge you. Yeah, no, they are man-made. You know, there's a lot of man-made storms, and I think... Um, uh, and I use man specifically, too, because it's mainly males. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of um, storms that are like that because... You know, one of the things that I suppose makes the world what it is today is that um, anyone can go and find something that they read somewhere, especially off um, the internet or social media or something, and suddenly they know all about it. And so, um, so you know, trying to operate with the understanding that there's actually these other strands of information or misinformation that are people that are available to people and that you know that's the kind of stuff that they'll bring to a conversation or they'll bring to a a, a cope up or something like that that you just got to go okay you know like um but isn't that a war yeah it is but you just you know you, like i was saying it's just something that's becoming more and more um part of what our world is now you just have to understand how to just deal with it, you know, sometimes you have to ignore it, because some of it is just so um, different, and sometimes, you know, even if you wanted to sit and, I guess, talk some of that stuff out, sometimes those people don't even want to ever listen to what it is, so, um, so yeah, you know, and I think that that's not just something that happens in my world, but I think it happens in a lot of um, kaupapa in our world, in, in, in Aotearoa, where people bring a lot of kind of different types of information into a into something now. So where maybe in the at one time in our in our world, um, because you had probably one strand of teaching um, a particular kaupapa, and the information that was um, in that capable was by was retained by certain people who were um, revered as the knowledge holders of this thing. Now um, that doesn't happen anymore because um, people, you know, they post up stuff from one of the tupuna or some other person's tupuna, and they make all the stuff public in the public domain, and um, often it get that becomes the fuel for other people becoming expert at something. 
And so uh, often, and I think that goes back to what Mo was talking about, is that um, for you to fully understand the con his concepts of um, the, the the ocean, the environment, the movement of the earth, the movement of the stars, all those kinds of things, the movement of animals, fishes, birds, all that kind of stuff. Um, you need to fully understand those things properly to be able to do what you're um, wanting to do, like to navigate a waka. But um, it's quite simple now to um, not have gone through that, that those stages of your initial mm. life, but suddenly just pull but packages of information out from different places that might support a particular angle you're going down without actually taking into account a whole lot of this other stuff mm. that lies beneath it. And then what happens is then you start getting into debates that you don't really want to be getting into. So, um, okay. you know, for me, I, I, you know, if I see something that I want to try and achieve, we'll still keep trying to aim for that. And sometimes you have to carry people that aren't fully aware of what all the different impacts are around you. But sometimes you just got to deal with them because the ultimate goal is to get as many as you can to that point. Mm. As many as you can. Right? Sometimes you can't get all of them. You know, that's happened when we've been sailing. We've been going along and it's like, oh, I think you better stay here now. Then they go, go home because for us to be able to get here well and safely, it's probably good if you're not on a waka. So we've had to make those kinds of choices. I think that's the way to look at it. Sometimes you're not going to get everybody there. I um I think we began this by talking about your middle name, but the name that we refer to you by. <laughs> and I was going, hmm, I wonder what title he gives himself because I've taken note of what you said about Mo and the context in which he was nurtured and nourished and taught. And so I thought, hmm, okay, so maybe he doesn't see, call himself a navigator. And I know that the word wayfinder comes up and leader doesn't sit comfortably on people's shoulders and all those kind of things. And I've actually come to the conclusion that, you know, what Hotoro is the right name. <laughs> and that says it all. That, that you know, so it takes into everything. It talks about that passion that kind of ignited within you about wanting to learn as you were jumping over those waka taua, uh, wahia and the waka kōpapa and the waka tete and all those waka, learning about how we came here and all that kind of thing. And I think it, it is apt and appropriate, not only as a name, as a title, but as a designation to describe what you do. I guess the only other thing I wanted to ask, though, was how does that fire continue to burn? What continues to ignite you to do what you do? It's one of the things at the moment that, because um, I guess there's, there's ignition points yeah. for different kaibaba. So at the moment, you know, one of our ignition points is doing waka tete and waka ama stuff on the river, but using it in a way to fire up our rangatahi around resource and um, uh, conservation protection, you know, all these resource protection, conservation, all that kind of stuff. And so we've got a little cope up running with about 12 kura in 
Then the Arohe at the moment, they come down to the river every, you know, for a few times each term, and they do stuff with my son, Tūranga, and some of our whānau, um, to, you know, learn about what we need to do to take care of the river, to take care of the sort of native plants and fish and all that kind of stuff. And they do it all on the waka. So the, and then they ride into it. And, and so Noi Noi, my daughter and my son Namak have been writing up kind of workbooks in there for the for the kura and then te reo and trying to use our waka as a vehicle to bring these kinds of mahi into the um, foreground in the thinking of our rangatai. And, and I guess going down on the waka and doing it on waka and speaking Māori and all that kind of stuff gives a bit more context to the whole idea of kaitiakitanga, you know, manaki, whenua manaki, moana manaki, awa, all those kind of things. So that's sort of one of the ignition points that I think is uh, pretty good. Then the other ignition point is, um, I guess, it's not so much about sailing our waka from here to islands in the Pacific, but it's actually sailing our waka around the motu and starting those conversations with with people, more especially, or well, mainly because we do it with kura all the time, mostly with kura, is that, um, you know, sparking those conversations around how our tūpuna navigated, what they, you know, what a waka looked like. Because, you know, if you think back on those early examples I gave you, mm. that when I was a kid, the only waka I saw was a waka taua. Mm. But what we're doing now is creating the opportunity for people to actually see what a waka might have looked like that brought our tūpuna to Aotearoa. And so having that, so that's another ignition point is um, firing up the minds and imaginations of the rest of the um, young generation of Aotearoa. And it doesn't have to be Māori owners, Māori Pākehā, Pacifica, whoever, mm. but as long as they can start to see that um, that these kōrero of tūpuna travelling from Hawaii to Aotearoa isn't sort of fictional, but it's actually real. If you can actually see a waka and you walk around on a waka that's south to San Francisco and to South America and come back and all around the rest of the Pacific, it suddenly changed your perception around what those ancestral quarter of our people were. So that's that's the other one. But my next kind of big kaupapa or a mission is to actually start trying to re-establish some of the mahi around the stories and everything that connects us to a lot of the other moti. Mm. I've already started those kinds of kōrero in Rarotonga and we've sort of just started to develop that kind of stuff in Vanuatu because I think one of the big um, steps we have to make is that we spend a lot of time recovering this mahi in Polynesia, but I think we need to really work on re-establishing our relationships with our whānau in you know, islands like Vanuatu, um, Solomons, mm. and all the islands in between there, because there's still a lot of Motu and people there that still speak uh, remnants of Polynesian languages. So it says that somehow, somewhere in the past, we were connected up with these people too. So I think um, trying to re-establish those kinds of tanga 
with those people in the Pacific Islands. At the end of the day, um, the most iconic thing that any island nation uh, realises is the waka. And if we can use our waka to reignite the um, stories, the waiata, the tikanga and kawa of these relations of ours, um, to be a part of kind of a wider Moananui Akiwa Kotaitanga, I think it'd be a really great thing. And I think the waka will drive that kind of stuff. So, I don't know, waka diplomacy or so, I don't know what you would describe now, but, but it's a kind of way of using culture to link us all up again. And and by doing that, then we have kōrero, whakapapa, and waiata, all those things that I reckon, because I know when Reata talks about his waiata and karakia that he does, he can identify things that happened three or four, five hundred years ago. And I think if we have that kind of thinking and then align that to waiata and things from some of our whanaunga from these other islands, we might actually be able to start rediscovering a lot of the old kōrero and understanding a lot of the old kōrero of our tūpuna and how they used to travel. Because, you know, we still talk about those stories of, like, um, with Tafaki and the Pōnaturi and all these people where they travelled from island to island. They had these, you know, raids and kidnappings and that kind of stuff. But I think um, there's a lot more to those stories than just stories of, excitement and adventure, there's a whole lot of other underlying things that connect us. And I think um, probably that's, that's a point of ignition that we haven't reached yet, but I think it's a point that would be great to strive towards in terms of um, some kind of kotaitanga amongst us in the in the Tiwana Nui Akima. Kala hotu te nā koe. Te nā koe i o kōraro, i e nā kōraro, te nā koe i o whakaro, te nā koe i kake mwe koe i runga i te waka, O te rau o tawetake Indigenous 100, ka nui te mihi kia koe. Tēnā koe, hoa mga mihi nei kia koe. Te maho a taua, kaupapa kei ka whai anei e taua, ingari he mea anō tēnei. Mihana kia koe ki ngā manu kōrero kūnoho ki tēnei taha, hei tuku whakaaro, hei tuku kōrero ki te hunga e whakaroa ana tēnā tātou. E ola mai rā. Mm-hmm.